Thank you guys for being here today. This is, um, this is a really cool part of scripture where we're at. I'm actually really excited about what we're going to get to talk about tonight. And I wanted to skip ahead because there's some, some stuff coming up that I wanted to just be that guy that left for somebody else. Um, but in doing that, I, I, don't, I didn't have a good conscience. So we're just going to, I may pull a Pastor Lynn today and we may just make it through one verse if that's all right. We'll, we'll kind of see what goes from there. I, I do love Ephesians 5. So if you get a chance to read ahead, possibly one of the most powerful scripture I, I think found in, is, man, is right at, right at the end of verse 14 of chapter 5. Where Paul says, man, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I love that. Um, I wanted to speed to that point, but then, I don't know, I just I felt like we were discrediting some of the other stuff. So instead, um, in honor of Pastor Lynn, we are going to take our time and see if we can get through verse 1. If that sounds good, if that's right with everybody. Do we need to look at our neighbors and tell them Happy Valentine's Day before we do this? Is that all right? No? That would be weird. Let's don't do that. Open your Bibles to Ephesians 5. And we are going to start, man, we're just going to get this thing rolling. Ephesians 5, I put in my notes to try to get through verse 3-ish. So we'll see how, see how this works. But Ephesians 5, let's look in verse 1. Remember last week, um, I had the honor of talking to you guys about how we live, maybe some of the things that we say, and let's changing our speech to be more reflective of who Jesus is in our life, and that our speech should, should tell the people, or should show the world uh, who God is, not just through what we say, but then how we live out what we say. We come into to chapter 5, and it starts off with this beautiful four words that just says, be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. And I want to stop right there just for a second and, and look at this. Um, it, it's not a suggestion for Christians. This isn't, you know, hey, if you're going to call yourself a believer, try to imitate God. It doesn't say, you know, hey, if you want to follow Christ, be a good idea, man, if you try to imitate him. If you want to know, you know, if you want your life to be reflective of God's, then... You know, wear, wear a nice t-shirt and a, a bracelet and part your hair on the side and, and let's go. That's not what it says. It, it's, it's kind of a command. If I read this right, it says to be imitators of God. I love, and if, if any of you have children, help me with this. I love the way that children reflect their parents. Not just in their appearance. And, and you can look at kids and you can be like, yep, that kid belongs to this person. And then you can look at parents and think, oh no, please don't let them have kids. Um, not really. That was a horrible thing to say. But kids will reflect their parents. I'll never forget my very first church, my oldest daughter, who's now 13. I, she was about two and a half, almost three years old. And we had just finished. I just spoke for the very first time in front of the church. This was an old Southern Baptist church where we still had hymnals and, and things like that. So after the service was over, the deacons were coming up to me. Um, and they, they were, were talking to me about the message. And, you know, hey, they, you should have said this. Don't ever say this ever again. Um, next time say this and, and some of that stuff was going on and I'll never forget we, we finished and I looked up on stage and Madison is two and a half she pulled a hymnal out and she's walking back and forth like this and so I just sat down and watched her for a second and then she stopped and she goes turn to Spongebob chapter four and then she just started going um, and so I just sat there and watched her and it was really cool because she was imitating me and I realized that I pace and that I watch too much television but I loved just sitting there and watching her imitate. And I, I love that thought of kids imitating their parents. And, and as, as we read this, man, be imitators of God. What are some areas that are found in the life of Jesus that we can imitate? We're going to hit this one running. So you guys are going to have to talk or we're going to have a lot of awkward silences. 
What are some areas found in the life of Jesus that are easy to imitate? Let's start with that. Serving? Yes, what are, the, what are areas in the life of Jesus that are easy to imitate? Okay, telling the truth? Serving? None of it is easy? That was my next question, so hold up. The next one is, what are some hard ones to imitate? Are there any that are easy? Are easier maybe than others? Mm, amen. Okay, then let, let's go to the, the other side of that coin. What are some areas in the life of Jesus that are hard for us to imitate? Grace? I like you. We, we think a lot alike. What? Miracles? Miracles? Definitely. Forgiveness? Forgiving your enemies. Forgiving your enemies? Focus? Sacrifice? Unconditional love? Seems like there's going to be a long list if we stick on this one. Is it possible? Tell me, tell me what you think on this. Is it possible for us to truly imitate Jesus with our lives? How many of you would say yes? Let me see a hand. If you would say yes, it is possible for us to imitate Jesus with our lives. How many of you would say no? Okay, about almost 50-50. Um, I, I love the way this starts out because it's, it's right after. And if we go back just a little bit to chapter 4 where he says, man, to get rid of all this stuff in our lives, then to be kind and compassionate um, and to forgive and to love others just as Jesus has shown us. And then you come into this powerful four-word beginning of a sentence that says, be imitators of God. I, I love this thought, but I struggle with imitating God with my life. Um, I, I think we can, and I, I think that that's something we should definitely push towards. Um, I like this because, turn, turn in a second to Romans 6. Let's look there and see what Paul says in this, because I, I think he's got some wisdom that will help. Romans 6, look at verse 11. I would say it's hard for us to imitate God with our life because of the sin in our life. Is that a pretty fair assessment with all of us? A lot of the things that we just said are hard to imitate about Jesus are things maybe that we struggle with um, in our lives. And then some of the things that are maybe easier to imitate with Christ maybe are some of the things that aren't quite as much of a struggle. Some of us are built to serve. And, man, serving others is just, it comes natural for us. It's, it's almost second nature. Um, so that's an easy attribute to, to imitate. But for some of us, serving is really difficult. Man, we, we want to be served. And so it's hard for us to, to do that. Um, I've noticed in my life, the areas that I want to imitate of Christ that are, I struggle with the most are usually controlled somewhere by sin that's in my life that I'm still dealing with and that I'm still trying to fight through. And that, that's why I love this passage in Romans, um, Romans 6. Look, look in verse 11. It says, in the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master. Because you are not under law, but under grace. If sin doesn't have to be our master, if we, we can count that as dead, can we really imitate God with our lives then? Is this a realistic command? I, I think that it is. It's not an easy command, and it's not going to happen, unfortunately, all day, every day. But it's something that we can strive for. Uh, 
if you, if you write anything down, write this, because this, as I was writing through this, it was one of those moments where I was like, wow, God, that's, that's powerful. Um, sin doesn't force itself on the unwilling, but it's chosen because of its attractiveness. Sin doesn't force itself on the unwilling. It's chosen because of its attractiveness. I, I think some of the reasons that we struggle with imitating God with our lives is because it's easier first to imitate the world. It's more convenient to imitate the world. And the world is the direct opposite of who we're supposed to be imitating. But it's easier. And, and that, man, I, I write, if, if you need to read more on this, read through all of Romans 6. It's death to that life, but alive to, to something new. Sin isn't going to force itself on us. It's chosen because of its attractiveness. Um, go to, to John chapter 8, and let's look at this. Look, look in verse 31 of John 8. It says, To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. There's another paraphrased version of that that says, if the son has set you free, you are free indeed. I think the way that we, we can imitate God with our lives is maybe to expose his truth in those areas of our lives. So, for instance, um, you're having trouble serving, then expose the truth of who Jesus is as a servant to your life. Does that make sense? So let's start this back over then um, at the very beginning. If, what are some areas maybe then that would be easier to imitate God or to be an, an imitator of Jesus in our lives? Dude, I work with high school students. I'm all about awkward silence. We can st- I can't even see you guys. The lights are in my eyes, so I don't even know if you're out there. What are some ways that we can easily, or not easily, but are easier to imitate Jesus? By serving, serving in the church. Okay, through serving in the church. That, that's one of the most simple things that we can do to be an imitator of who Jesus was. What was it that he said he didn't come to serve? Or he didn't, he didn't come to be served, but to serve. So serving in the church is a perfect example. Man, you can do anything from change a diaper to park a car. And sometimes both. That's, that's one of the simplest ways that we can, we can show the world who Jesus is in our life. What's something else? By praising God. Um, I think that's one that we, we don't do enough. We, we go to God with problems, but how often do we go God with, with praise? I think Jesus, man, is a great example of that. He was constantly praising God for, for things that were going on around him. What's something else? What are some other easy ways that we can start praising God and imitate God with our lives? Say that again. Praying. Oh, goodness. Don't get me started on prayer. Praying to God. How, how many times when you're reading about Jesus' life, did he go away to a quiet place by himself and pray? And how many times was he with his disciples and his buddies and he was like, hey, you guys hang out here. I'm going to go pray. Man, what a great way to be an imitator of Jesus. Parents, what a great way to show Jesus to your kids. Let them see you praying. What are some other ways that we can imitate Jesus with our lives? Being thankful. Holy cow, we, we talked about that a little bit last week, I think, about not being... Oh, no, I'm sorry, this was Emerge Sunday. We talked about how sometimes we moan and complain about the things in our life, but we're never vocal with the thankfulness of some great things going on in our lives. Submitting to His will, His plan. Oh, gosh. Say that, again, cause that, say that again, because that's hard. Submitting to His will, Sub- His plan. Hmm. Submitting to His will. 
which I love that going back to the verse in John about if the Son sets you free, man, you're, you're free indeed. Submitting to God's will in our lives. I think the fallback is it's easy and maybe just more convenient to be an imitator of the world. Have you noticed that everybody imitates the world? I don't know if any of you watch the Grammys or any of the music stuff that's on. I try not to, um, just because my friends make fun of me for it. But I, I, w- I was flipping through, and I noticed that almost all of the female artists, they're just like the female artists back in the 80s when I was growing up in high school. And, I mean, it's just a, a younger version of Tina Turner that, that's on stage doing whatever she's doing. Um, or it was a younger version of one of the, you know, one of the 80s or 90s, and now it's, there's no creativity, but they're imitating each other. And I think we do that in our lives. We imitate the world far more than we imitate Jesus. Um, look, look on to the next part of this. Be imitators of God, and then listen to the end of this. Therefore, as dearly loved children. Did you catch that? We, threw, we read through this verse so fast, I think we missed that sentence. Be imitators of God. We may get hung up on that as, okay, that's impossible. God, seriously? You want me to imitate you? Um, I can't swim. How can I walk on water? Um, you want me to imitate you? I, I can't, you know, keep a house plan alive. How can I heal my neighbor? You, you want me to imitate you? I hate everybody. Everybody drives me nuts. How can, how can I be an imitator of Jesus? And we get stuck on that, and we, we miss a lot of things in Scripture. And I think this is one that's powerful. And I don't know where your thoughts are on Valentine's Day, if you're ticked off that it's Valentine's Day, or if you're really excited about Valentine's Day, but listen to these words. Therefore, as dearly loved children. Let that sink in for just a second. This is who you are as a believer in Christ. Dearly loved children. Have have you thought today about whose you are? Think of that for a second. Not who you are, not what you are. Um, I love that song, man, that we sing that God works from the inside out of us. Man, I, think for just a second whose you are. And I may get excited, so y- y'all may have to hold me back in just a second. Who, whose are you? Oh, baby, say it. You are God's children. Do you understand that? That today, this second, as you're drawing breath, you are the son, you are the daughter of the creator of the universe. You, you are the son or the daughter of the king of kings. You are the son or the daughter of the I am. The commander of the armies of heaven. You are the one who is, the one who was, and the one who is to come. You are the sons and the daughters of the Jehovah Jireh, your provider. You are the sons and the daughters of the Lord God Almighty. Why are you sitting there looking at me like that? Did you not hear anything I just said? You are the sons and daughters of Jesus Christ himself. Do you understand that? We have been adopted into that family as dearly loved children. Oh my goodness, you better hug somebody because that is good. Do I need to start over? Hey guys, I'm Tim. Happy Valentine's Day. We're going to go Ephesians 5. Sons and daughters, guys of the king of the universe. I love reading through Psalms and how David constantly calls God the commander of heaven's armies. You know how you can be an imitator of God? Because you are his son. You are his daughter. How many times, guys, how many times have you imitated your parents? Especially for the, the older crowd. How many times have you imitated your parents and then thought back and said, oh my gosh, I'm my dad. 
Oh, sweet mother, I'm, I'm my mom. Did I really just say that? Has it happened? Holy cow, I hate that moment until I read this. How many times do we imitate God and then we think, hey, I'm, I'm the child of the king, baby. I'm a son or a daughter of the living, breathing creator of the universe. Be imitators of God. Remember today whose you are. I don't care who you are. I don't love who you are. I love whose you are. Man, we, that, that's big. As dearly loved children. And then after that, it gets into and live a life of love. Just as Christ loved us. It's easy for us to live a life of love. Is it easier? Let me stop for there just for a second before we even go any deeper in this. Is it easier for you to think that you can be an imitator of Jesus? Now being reminded whose you are? No? I think it is. Men, is it... Do you have to be reminded to do something that you're then embarrassed of because your dad did it? I've caught myself being my dad around my kids. And at first I was really like, oh no, I know what's next. I'm going to have ear hair and I'm going to say stupid things even more so than normal. I'm going to start listening to really, really bad music um, and buy cowboy boots and wear polyester pants because my dad still does that. And it's, it's downhill from here. I think our lives as Christians, our lives as believers, the longer we live this life as a believer... Our lives had better be reflecting who our dad is. Be imitators. This should be a challenge for some of us. Man, I'm with you guys that said, hey, it's hard. There is no easy things to imitate in God's life. I'm in that camp with you. But we better sure be trying. Man, we better be putting the effort forward to live that life as an imitator of God. Because we are his child. I don't know what you get from the next however long we have tonight. But will you please, today, when we leave this room, will you remember whose you are? Remember who you belong to? It says, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us. Flip to John 13 real fast. And let's look at this, because I I think this will tell us why. Look in John 13. Look, Look towards the end of the chapter, around verse 34. This is Jesus speaking. He says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you want to imitate Jesus with your life, this is where you can start right here, by loving other people. Now now put this into perspective for those of you who were, who were here last week to some of the things that we ended Ephesians 4 with. This is how the world is going to know that you belong to Jesus. This is how the world is going to understand that you're a disciple of of Christ. This is how the world is going to know who you belong to, is how we love other people. And that gets back into the end of Ephesians 4, where it talks about not letting unwholesome talk come out of our mouth, but using our mouth to lift people up, and using our speech to praise instead of to tear down. This gets into not causing grief to the Holy Spirit, which caused me to to really not sleep much last week. And, And... and examining my life with that. This is, this is how we, we get rid of the bitterness, the rage, the anger, the brawling, the slander. All of that is we start to show people love. 
You want to be an imitator of Jesus in your life? This is where it starts. By loving those that he puts around you. How do you... Think, think about this for a second. How do you um, learn to love others? Isn't it by loving those that are really hard to love? Guys, if we're going to imitate Christ, you've got to be ready for this because he's going to put some people around you that are not easy to love. <laughs> he's going to flood your life with a neighbor that wants to borrow your lawnmower and then never bring it back. And you've got to love that man. He's going to put you in a house that the next door neighbor really loves Bobby McFerrin. And they're going to blare, don't worry, be happy until three o'clock in the morning. And you're going to have to love that person somehow. Remember, don't worry, be happy, don't worry, be happy. And they're going to all night long and you're going to have to love him. Oh, gosh, some of y'all. Thank you. That's how it works, guys. If we want to learn to love, man, we're going to have to learn to love people. And God's going to put people who need love around us. It's easy to love those who don't need loved. But if we're going to exercise this muscle, if we're going to learn how to love others, man, he's going to put people around you that are going to make it hard. It's going to be difficult to love them. And how we love them is going to imitate who Jesus is through our life. Are you seeing now that maybe we imitate Jesus more than we give ourselves credit? I think there's areas in our life that we show the world who Jesus is and we miss them. Because if you're like me, I'm really hard on myself and I focus on the sin in my life and I don't focus maybe on what God is doing through my life. And I think we imitate God a lot more than we give ourselves credit. But it's a command here. Be imitators of God as dearly loved children and live a life of love. And then look at the next, next part of this sentence. Live a life of love. This is why we should imitate him. Live a life of love just as Christ loved us. Think for just a second, and and I'm going to give you a minute of silence to to do this. Think for just a second when you gave your life to Jesus. Remember that moment? The moment you gave your life to Christ and that feeling of forgiveness and that redemption, man, that grace that poured over you and that weight that was lifted off of your shoulders, maybe for some of us, and maybe for some of us it's even more so than others. Remember that moment. Do Do you remember when Jesus saved your life? I will never be the same. (laughs) That's why we should show Jesus' love to others. That's how we show God's love to others. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. This is my translation of what this is saying. Do you, under, do you know why it says, and it's calling it a fragrant offering? Any guesses? This really isn't spiritual. This is just because I'm kind of weird. I really think it's just because we stink. <laughs> I think it's got to be a good smelling, beautiful, fragrant offering because it's got to cover my stench. Um, it, it's kind of like this last week in Kids Connection. We were doing this thing, and my, my background is animal science. Before I got into ministry, um, I, I did a lot with, with reptiles and insects for zoos and science museums. Um, and one of my entomology professors taught me how to cook insects for food. Um, and so for our kids this last Friday, I prepared some um, grub worms and some, uh, like some cayenne pepper. And I, I used fajita rub on the worms when I cooked them with oil. And they really were good. They weren't that bad, but it smelled terrible. Um, and then beside us, we had this huge tortoise. 
Uh, that was, you know, one of the things we were talking about. And this tortoise um, did not like being confined. And so it did some things that animals do when they're in small compartments that cause a lot of stink. I don't know how to say this in church and not get in trouble. Um, this tortoise left parts of itself behind that it shouldn't have. And it started to smell horrible. Does, does that make sense? Do you know what? Do I need to say it or can I stop right there? Okay. This tortoise smelled terrible. And so, so Stephanie came in, and I think she went through an entire can of Febreze or Lysol or Arm & Hammer or something in this room walking around. So then it was tortoise stuff, Febreze, and fried grub worms all in this aroma mixed together. And the Febreze didn't cover both of those. I, I, I like this sentence, and maybe keep that, keep that picture in your mind, as gross as that is for a second, because, and gave himself up for us as a fragrant sacrifice. The beautiful sacrifice of Jesus. And and let me say this, and then I want to ask you again some ways that we can imitate Christ with our lives. Jesus gave his life for us, and it was so beautiful, and it was so powerful, it covered up the stench of our life. Now, how can you imitate him with yours? Do you see how beautiful this is? The death of Jesus was so powerful. The sacrifice was so amazing. It covered the stench of our life. Now, give me some ways, guys, because we've got to learn from each other in this, or this is, is worthless knowledge. We can lay down our lives for others. Okay, we can lay down our lives for others. What else? What are some ways that we can show our neighbors, we can show our friends, we can show this church? Man, we can show Chandler. I'm sorry? Oh, my goodness. Do you know how powerful a smile is? Holy cow, smile to people. What else? What are some ways that we can show, show this world God's love inside of us. Second Saturday. Man, we've got some great opportunities to serve and to do some things for this community. What else? Is it coming easier to think of things that we can do with our lives to imitate Christ? Is this helping at all? Praying for others. By praying for others, definitely. We can set an example. Do what? Feeding the homeless. Feeding the homeless. We did a talk like this with some college students. So adults, let this um, convict you a little bit. We did something kind of like this on this passage with some college students. And one of the college students left and spent about $150 at McDonald's on Happy Meals. And took them out to the east part of Lubbock where I'm from and just started handing them out to homeless people. And because he wanted to make sure that they had food because he was compelled to show the world Jesus in his life. What else? Forgiveness, like the mother that... Forgave the convict oh. that killed her son. Oh, my goodness. And she, For- said, she said, I hold no animosity towards mm-hmm. you. Forgiveness. But I will pray for you and I forgive you. What a beautiful example, a picture of Jesus Christ. Guys, and this, this is why I'm sticking on this so much. Think for just a second. What is one of the things that your non-Christian friends and that people that don't believe in Jesus, what is one of the things that they say as a reason to not not believe in God? Is it not because they can't see him? If God was real, why can't we see him? Is that not something that you've heard maybe with some discussions and talking to people who don't believe in Jesus? Do you see that if we're imitating Christ, they get a chance to see him? And how cool is this? They get a chance to see him through you, his dearly loved child, by a smile. Holy cow, guys, you're showing Jesus to somebody when you smile at them when they're coming in. What if they had the worst possible day ever, got the worst news, and they walk in and they see you standing there with this really stupid, beautiful grin, and you're welcoming, and you've got a nice word to say to them when they come in, and maybe you pray for them even. 
It's being an imitator of Jesus. Or you forgive someone, like you mentioned, that doesn't really deserve our forgiveness. The more I read this book, gosh, the, the more I understand that I don't deserve Christ's forgiveness. So why shouldn't I be forgiving others? Be imitators. I love that fragrant offering. We're a smelly group. And I'm not trying to be me hateful. Maybe you smell good, but we all stink to some extent. But Christ's offering was fragrant. Man, it smelled good enough to cover up our stench. That's powerful. Look, Look in verse 3. Are we good? Do we need to go on that anymore? Anybody else real quick have a way that we can imitate? Because I think we learn from each other on this. Before we hit verse 3. Verse 3 is really where I wanted to end and leave that for the guy next week. We can just comfort others um, in a time when they need to be comforted. Dude, that, that is beautiful. We can comfort others in a time. We can be an ear. We can be someone they can talk to. We can listen. I think half the time I, I catch myself talking instead of listening. And they really don't need me to talk. They just want someone to talk to. The way we live in, like, materialistically, like, not having so much, you know, like, kind Wait. of minimizing what we have and living a more simple life. I think that is kind of important. I think so. And the, we say that again because the mic cut off right, right as you started. Living a life that's less worldly, I guess, mm-hmm. like living for God and in, in the way that we like materialistic, like not being willing to like sacrifice for other people in this world. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I think we're, we live overindulging wise. I think that's a lot of where our sin comes from. Mm-hmm. I agree. We could live a much simpler life. We, we challenge the church wants to do this. Um, we challenged them when they were at restaurants to look for a family that maybe looked like they were struggling or fighting or, you know, the kids that are, you know, the kids when you're at a restaurant, you don't want to sit by that table, that family. Um, and we challenged people in the church to just anonymously pay for their meal. And, you know, just to call a waiter over and just be like, hey, how much is theirs? I want to pay for it, but don't let them know. And then just, just to sit back and watch, not to relish, you know, and hey, hey, look how great I am, but just to watch what happens when things like that would take place. We challenged them when they went through drive throughs to pay for the car behind them. And you have to be really strategic on that because you don't want to pick like a minivan that's going to have, you know, 40 kids or a school bus. <laughs> you know, you'll break the bank. But yeah, by, by thinking about others and living maybe more for someone else than for, our, than for us. And it was amazing to hear some of the stories of, of college students, again, high school students, that were at the drive through of a Kentucky Fried Chicken and they paid for the car behind them. And then they pulled over to stop like they were waiting on their food and they watched the expression and to hear stories about, man, the lady just started crying. It was a $5 bucket of chicken, and she's just sitting there bawling. And not knowing what the story was, but to know that somehow that woman just saw the face of Jesus and maybe didn't even recognize it. Be imitators. That's, there's so many easy, tangible ways that we can show this world who Jesus is in our life. It's easy to get hung up on the things that we can't do and to forget about the things that God enables us to do. But through all of these things, guys, that old sinful thing that's holding us back is dead. We have this new life in Christ and we can be an imitator of Jesus through that new life. Look in verse 3. This is, a, this is a horrible but, so get ready. But among you, that's among us, and 
get this real, real quick before we go on. It's easy for us to look at those who don't imitate Christ. Right? It's easy for us to see those that aren't imitators of Jesus and to point them out. That guy needs to imitate Jesus. Holy cow. I wish he would start. This lady over here, if she would just imitate Christ and not stop imitating the devil, my life would be so much better. It's easy to point those people out, right? This is, this is saying, but among you. And that you is among us. This is among believers. This is among those who have given their lives to Christ. This is among you. It says there must not even be a hint. Did you catch that word? It's small, so you kind of have to be careful. Among us, among you, it says there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Now let's go back to this again just a second ago. Whose are you? Do you remember? Somebody tell me, who, who do you belong to? God, Jesus Christ, you are God's holy people. There shouldn't even be a hint of some of the things that we allow in our lives. These things that it's listing off here, this thing, these are the things that hold us back from showing Jesus in our life. These are some of the things that hold us back from being an imitator, from being a mirror of who God is. I don't know if Lynn has done this here, but has he ever talked about how a silversmith, how he refines silver? Have you ever heard this before? How, how the guy who's making silver, how he gets the, you know, the big pot and they pour the silver in and they heat it up and they heat it up and they stir it and they heat it up. Um, and all the gross and all the filthy and the, the silver will slowly rise to the top. And they get this little scoop type ladle thing and they scrape that off and they heat it up and they heat it up and they keep scraping off the gross. Um, and, and they ask the guy, you know, how do you know when it's done? How do you know when the silver is pure? And according to the silversmiths, they say that they know when they're done. They know when it's hot enough and all the impurities are out when they can look into the silver and they can see the reflection. As imitators of Christ, we may have some heat that's hitting us. And we may have some impurities rising to the top. And it may be some of these that it's saying don't even let a hint of be a part of our lives. And those impurities are rising to the top. And maybe even right now in your life and in your mind, you're thinking, I can't imitate Christ because this is my life. This is a part of my life. And just like that verse in Romans, we read just a second ago, man, we, need, we may need to do some spiritual surgery and amputate some of that nasty that's in our life and remove it so that our lives can imitate the creator of the universe who calls us his dearly loved children, who set us apart to be his holy people. And it's saying, don't even let there be a hint of this junk and this trash that's in our life. So without making your neighbor very uncomfortable, what are some ways that we can remove some of this trash in our life? And I'm not looking for confession time. Don't be like, oh no, it's about to get weird. <laughs> that, that's not at all um, where this is going. And, and so please don't take it there. I, I'm just thinking, what are some ways, what are some, some things that we can do in our life that we can get rid of? And I'll, I'll give you kind of an example. I know for me, um, in dealing with maybe some people that I feel have wronged me. And I mentioned this last week, man, some of the things that I'm doing is I'm praying blessings for them. When I get angry and I, something happens and it triggers my mind to think about that person rather than getting angry at them and thinking, um, you know, God, please have their car repossessed later today. I start to pray for God. Would you please bless them? 
man, do something mighty in their life that can only be, be given back to you? That, that's one of the ways that I'm trying to deal with anger and not just anger, but kind of some resentment. What, what are some other ways that we can deal with some of this? Um, well, I have a kind of a question. Um, I was at Harkins this past weekend seeing a movie and I saw the upcoming for um, the American Pie sequel. I think it's called American Revolution. And I just remember years and years ago when American Pie came out or The Hangover, I saw those movies and didn't even think twice. I thought they were hilarious. Hmm. Now I'm thinking, well, gosh, maybe I shouldn't be, maybe I shouldn't be going to that movie. Um, so is that, you know, a way that by choosing the... That's, I think that's great. By choosing what we, we allow to go in front of us. Man, what, what yeah. we allow ourselves to listen to and see. And um, is it, um, you know, if, if you think, yeah, I, I live a, a good life, you know, a decent life, so one movie is okay, or mm, no, you really shouldn't <laughs> be doing that at all. I agree with you 100%. I think one way to, to remove some of the, the junk in our life so we are better imitators is to watch what we put in front of our lives. I, I think a lot of times we imitate what we see. Our mind is powerful. And here, you're exactly right. And we willfully put a lot of that stuff in front of us. How about uh, guarding our hearts? Oh, goodness, guarding our hearts. Definitely. I think if, if you truly, and maybe this is a, I don't know if this is a fair question or not, but or a statement, but if we truly want to imitate God with our life, because if I were to ask that, I mean, this is church, it's Valentine's Day, so I would get, I mean, I would bet a dollar that all of us would be like, yeah, I want to imitate Jesus with my life. That would be, right? We would all be on that page, right? No, I hate God. I don't even want to be at church, no? Right? We all want to imitate Jesus with our lives, everybody? How much time do you spend in this? Oh, I know that was dirty. It was a setup. How much time do we spend in this, man? You, guarding your heart? Oh, my goodness, dude. You want to imitate God with your life? Fill it with this. Fill, fill the pages of this book in your life, man. H- hide this in your heart so that you won't sin against God. Use this for more than a paperweight. Man, use this more for, to impress your girlfriend and, and use this to, to know who Jesus is so you can imitate him with your life. Somebody said prayer earlier. Man, you want to imitate God with your life? If that's true, how much time do you spend in prayer? And I know that's, maybe I'm getting too personal. If I am, I'm sorry. But actually, no, I'm not. If we really want to imitate God with our lives, it's going to be reflected by how much time we spend in this book and how much time we spend on our knees before him. Yes, ma'am. One thing I heard today was um, when Joseph was faced with temptation, well, (laughs) yeah, it was temptation for probably a very short while. He ran um, when he was seduced by, I think it was the assistant Pharaoh's wife Mm -hmm. or Potiphar's wife. Um, He didn't stay around and rationalize how he could get out of the situation or how he was going to defeat the situation, he ran. And so when we're faced with things that tempt us, sin, we we can't rationalize it away. We need to run. I think you're exactly right. And I think a good test for us is when we catch ourselves rationalizing it out and by saying maybe, hey, I'm a missionary, Right now, I'm, maybe God put me here to win them to Christ. Um, and maybe that's the case. But are you really doing it? Or are you falling to sin? Maybe we do. We just need to, to follow Joseph's example 
and kick a stride up and, and go. I've just recently got a book on speaking God's word out um, over an issue like anger and just having these verses available to speak out. And it's been helping me deal with different areas in my life. There's, there's so many good books that will help. There's so many passages in scripture that will help us deal with things like that. Yes, sir. I think some people would benefit if they just took the computer out of their homes or only use a computer, you know, in a public place like a bookstore or Starbucks. And I think that would help them uh, get rid of a lot of temptation and, and deal with some of their issues. I think you're exactly right, man. Some of us need to, wasn't it Jesus that said, man, if your eye causes you to sin, to pop that dude out? Maybe if our computers cause us to sin, maybe we really don't need a computer. We have a college student that helps us emerge with our, our high school students. And how, how reassuring parents to, for you is this. This guy was having trouble with lust in his life. And so he got, not only got rid of his computer, but he got rid of his smartphone. And he's got this old phone that barely even, all it does is call and text message. Remember those phones? Um, that's all that it does because he couldn't deal with the temptation anymore and he didn't want to fall to the temptation, so he removed the temptation from him. That, man, that's, that's what we're called to do, and that's being an imitator of Jesus. I don't know if any of y'all have been through the, the Dave Ramsey thing, but he, he talks about getting out of debt with cheetah-like intention. If, if you've been through that, does that ring a bell? There, and he shows this clip of this... Um, I think it's a gazelle or something that's running. It's not a cheetah, it's gazelle-like intention. He shows this this clip of a gazelle that's running, and a cheetah is chasing after it. And he says, if you really want to get it, if you really want to get out of debt, you're going to run from debt like this gazelle is running from that cheetah. And then he goes on to say, you know, it, it took a long time for him to find that clip because most gazelles don't escape the cheetah. I think if we really want to to get rid of sin, if we really want to get that out of our lives, so we can be imitators. We can be a mirror image of who God is. We need to have that same type of gazelle getting rid of fleeing for your life type of intensity. And maybe we do. Maybe we just need to run. Maybe we need to look at what's in our house and things that we're putting before us. Maybe movies, maybe music, maybe conversations that we're a part of. Man, this says don't even let there be a hint of this thing around us. I've heard some of the worst jokes in church circles than I ever heard in a locker room. Don't even let there be a hint. Yes, sir. I think um, the first thing we have to do is be honest with ourselves and think about what, what do we really want <laughs> and decide what we want and then make a commitment because it's so easy to keep lying to ourselves and just keep going. Oh, goodness. You're 100%. I think you just hit it right on the head. I think it's we've got to be completely 100% straight and honest with ourselves. But it, it, all comes, it all comes back even to that being truly honest because all of us will wake up and say, hey, I want to be an imitator of God. I want to be more like Jesus. But then we never even read this. Man, the last time we prayed was at supper. And we prayed for the food to be blessed. That food better be blessed, but heaven forget, you know, don't, don't worry about me forgiving my neighbors. But that food, that food better be good. It better be blessed. But God, don't help me with my temper. But that food, holy cow, this lasagna had better make the angels sing. But this man that I hate with, you know, the passion of a thousand sons, don't worry about that. But bless this hot dog, Jesus, because I don't want, you know, stomach problems. When was, how much time do we spend in prayer? 
man, if, if we want to truly imitate God with our lives, it's going to start with you spending time in this. But let me challenge you to do this. And this was something that was challenged to me. And it's, it has radically, radically changed my, my relationship with Jesus. If you don't spend time in this on a daily basis, I, I would challenge you as an imitator of God. This is one of the things that Jesus did. I would start, start tonight and set aside and be completely 100% realistic with yourself and, and set goals on how much time a day you're going to spend in this. And, and I would suggest, man, start with 10 minutes. Be realistic. Some of us have an attention span of a, like a third grader. So 10 minutes is going to be a stretch for some of us. Some of you, man, you could read this for two hours and, and keep going strong. Spend time in this. Start with 10 minutes. I would even challenge you to time yourself. Get a stopwatch out. Get your phone out and time how much time you spend in this. Because I guarantee you some of us will read and will think we've been reading for hours. And it's really only been about two minutes. I would challenge you, if you're looking for something to read, man, start back in Ephesians. Read through this. Read through Romans. Read through the book of John. There's some incredible places. I would say, man, start in this 10 minutes. And then challenge yourself to 10 minutes a day in prayer. So if some of you are struggling with being an imitator of Christ, but today you're wanting to set that up and, hey, I'm going to start imitating Jesus with my life, I think that's where it starts. Start praying a day, 10 minutes, and then start reading 10 minutes a day in this. And at the end of a month, if you're still doing 10 minutes of both of those, you're not, you need to add. You'd better be doing more by the end of the month. But that's a great place to start. Yes, sir. I was just going to say that um, Pastor Lynn, a few years ago, challenged us to read the Bible from Hmm. beginning to end. And there's the chronological Bible, and it's Mm -hmm. broken out in daily pieces, which probably takes you maybe 10, 15 minutes a day. But you can get through the entire Bible in a story, and it makes much more sense. Definitely. And 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 we're not that far into the year right now that you can't get caught up on it. How powerful is that, to read through the Bible in a year? Um, Half of us have smartphones that have apps where you can do that, where it'll, man, it'll even, you can set a reminder where it'll tell you to read your Bible. What a better, think of this for just a second. Do do we have parents in here? You want to be examples to your kids of who Jesus is in your life? What better example for your kids to walk into whatever room you're in and to see your face stuck in this book? Or to see you on your knees? Or for you to go to your, your kids and say, hey, man, what, what's, what can I pray for you guys about? Not go to them and say, you know, your music's the devil and we're going to burn it all in a pit in the backyard. Like we used to do back in the 80s when I was growing up. Give me all the ACDC CDs because you're going to hell. We got to burn all that. Purge yourself. We, man, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying go to your kids and saying, hey, what can I pray for? Maybe go to your waitress. Next time you're at a restaurant, she drops your food off. Hey, thanks, man. How, is there anything I can pray for in your life? Yeah, that's weird. I get that. Being an example of Jesus is kind of weird because we're directly opposite of this world. I don't know how many waitresses and waiters have said, wow, really? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm really struggling right now. And this has happened in my life. Would you, you're seriously going to pray for this? And all I did was I got my food and said, hey, is there anything I can pray for? Oh, my goodness, don't say that too loud. That hurts. (laughs) He said, you can read the Bible all day, but if we don't put it into action and we don't think about what we're reading, 
we're just wasting our time. Is that? I think if we read this book and we start to put this thing into motion in our lives, we start to look at this thing, and, and it's easy because it says, do this. It's not like we're reading Pig Latin, or it's not like we're reading trigonometry where we're trying to figure out what is X? How does that work in our life? No, it's saying, don't do this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. There you go. All right. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. You're angry? Get rid of it. Be an imitator of God as dearly loved children. And every time it starts to get hard, every time it starts to get tough, and every time you start to feel beat down, remember who you, remember whose you are. I love that Jesus did this for us. You think it was easy for him? Oh my goodness, man, for him to walk on this planet as a superstar status for the little while that people actually loved him, where he's healing people and they're coming all over the place to see him and trying to get near him and, and people are taking advantage of, or trying to take advantage of who he is and they're, they're getting all around him and Jesus is showing love to those people. And then the next day he's being spit on, he's being made fun of, he's being ridiculed, he's, he's got death threats. You think it was easy for him? Guys, this... I think that this is just my take on this, this whole little section of scripture. And, and maybe this is just me, but I think the reason it's so hard for us to imitate God with our life is because we forget that this planet is not what we're called to, but this is just a rest stop. I honestly think it's so hard for us to imitate God with our lives because we get focused. And somebody over here said it, we get focused on this world and all the material things that are found in this planet And it's so hard for us to push towards something better because we're really content with here. I talked about being like my dad. Loretta Lynn, Lord help me, wrote a song that said everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Crowder redid it. That maybe gives me a little bit of redemption that I don't listen to Loretta Lynn. Everybody wants to go to heaven, just nobody wants to die. I think that's why we don't live as imitators of Christ is because we're really content with this world. This world makes us pretty stinking happy. And we've got everything we need, even in surplus. And you can get 20 nuggets for like a dollar at Wendy's right now. That makes me really happy because I I can eat like $5 worth of that. You can get five chili dogs at Wienerschnitzel. We're content because this world has got so much. And we're content. I think that's what's keeping us from imitating God with our life is we're content with where we are. What was it that Paul talks about too, that we're, we're aliens to this planet, that this world isn't our home? Maybe that's a way that we can imitate God with our life and this, this might be easier for us is if that we would remember that there's something better for us. There's something better than this world. Let's get through verse three. And we'll call it a night. It says, but, but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. It, it gets back to Leviticus 19 with Moses, where, where Moses and God are having that conversation and God is telling Israel to be holy because I am holy. These things are improper for God's holy people. Now, are, are we going to walk out of here and never mess up? If you do, if, if you can do that, would you please never come back? 
because you are going to mess this building up for the rest of us. No, we can't walk out of here and be perfect. But we can put effort in trying to be holy. We can put effort in trying to imitate who Christ Jesus is in our life. Have you noticed in the New Testament, and and two more things and we're, we're, we're out of here, but have you noticed in the New Testament how it has a tendency to take what's talked about in the Old Testament and take it to a new level? Have you picked up on that at all? Like, like the Old Testament, you know, it's saying don't commit adultery, don't commit murder. And then Jesus comes around like in Matthew 5 where he says, hey, you know what? The law says to not commit murder, but I'm going to tell you this. If you hate your brother, you're guilty. The law tells us to not commit adultery, but if you look on someone with lust, then you've committed adultery in your mind. Guys, don't get hung up on law and ritual and get hung up on being an imitator of who Jesus is. Let's get hung up on the fact of who we belong to and who has adopted us into his family. And as we, as we think of those things, maybe remember, maybe remember that moment that we gave our lives to Christ. And maybe remember that moment of salvation and redemption. And some of us, man, we've got a messed up, jacked up past and God pulled us from so much trash. That moment and just that thought in itself is kind of that energy boost to get you through a rough patch and imitate Christ. But I I don't care who you are. Do you realize that when you gave your life to Christ, you went from death to life? And that should be something that, that gives us energy to imitate him with our lives. I want to leave you with this, this one passage, and I'll, I'll pray. And then if, if you have questions, I know we didn't ask probably as much questions as, as we should have. Um, we'll hang out for a little bit and, and kind of go over that. But I want to leave you with this one, this one thought before we get out of here. It's from 1 Corinthians 15. It's towards the end of the chapter. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, around 55, it says this. It says, and this is powerful. It says, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. There is a day coming when the sky is going to peel back and we are going to see the face and the presence of Jesus Christ. And there is a day coming where we are not going to have to deal with illness. We are not going to have to deal with sin. We are not going to have to deal with the pain and the junk of this world. But until that day comes, we are commanded to be an imitator of Christ, to read this book and just exactly like you said, to put this book into action. If you want to imitate Jesus this week, it's going to start with you spending time here and spending time in prayer. And it's going to change the world around you. Let me pray for us and we'll get out of here. Jesus, thank you for, um, God, thank you for your grace. And God, again, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for making it really simple. Um, It's not simple to do, but God, you've, 
you've put it really, I mean, almost word for word. You, you, you've told us what not to do and what to do. Um, God, you've even told us in different parts of Scripture that even all the things that come for us, you're never going to put anything before us that we can't handle. And God, through everything, you provide a way out. Um, you tell us in James that if any of us need wisdom on how to act on things, we can ask you and you give it to us generously. Um, God, your, your word is so powerful. It's so, God, it's life. And Jesus, if we're going to imitate you, we're going to have to spend time in this book. So, Father, right now, I just pray for, for me. I don't want to be a hypocrite right now in this moment. So, Jesus, in my life, would you please help me to spend more time in your word? God, if that's waking me up early or, or making it to where I can't sleep at night, but, God, would you help me to spend more time in your word? And, Jesus, would you help me to spend more time communicating and talking to you? And, God, even more so, would you help me to spend more time just being quiet and listening? And Father, personally, Jesus, would you help me to imitate you with my life? God, for my family and my friends that are in front of me right now, as we go out of this place, church isn't where this all happens. God, church happens when we go out of these doors and we go outside with the world around us see you living in us. And God, would it be so powerful that lives in Chandler, Arizona, in Mesa, in Gilbert, in Ahwatukee, and all these little bitty towns that I don't remember and I can't pronounce that are around this area right now. Jesus, would you live through us so powerfully? that people would come to know you and would come up to us and ask us what's different. And lives would be changed because you are living out of our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for being the ultimate example of how to do this and for making this even possible. And God, right now, maybe someone in this room just needed to hear who they belong to. So Jesus, would you remind us every morning we wake up whose we are? And Father, I just want to say thank you. Jesus, thank you for being my redemption. Thank you for being my righteousness. And thank you for being my hope of something better than this world. Never let us get content, Jesus, with what's here. And God, if I don't ask you for this, there's nobody else big enough. So Jesus, I ask all of this in the unblemished, the righteous, the powerful, the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Guys, thank you for coming tonight. Mm.